0: Welcome to Cloudcast Basics, the best source on the internet for learning cloud computing. And now, from the Cloudcast studios,
1: here are your hosts, Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely. Hello, and welcome to Cloudcast Basics Season 2, Episode 1. This is your co host, Brian Gracely. And with me, as always, is my other co host, Aaron Delp. Hey, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about kind of the beginning of season two we're going to talk about how to use cloud computing for innovation so aaron in this season we sort of built some frameworks some really key things that we think everybody should be thinking about Um, why don't you kick us off on that that sort of framework as to how do we think about using cloud computing for innovation
0: yeah absolutely for each of these episodes we're going to have a number of points Uh, for instance in this episode for innovation we have four main points But then we're gonna also follow it up with some practical examples to really help everyone visualize this as as well going forward. So let's start with number one, access to technology. And and how does access to technology help with innovation? Well, this is all about um, concept of immediacy and going fast. By having access to technology in the cloud, you're actually able to innovate faster. You're able to really get immediate access to everything. As a new service becomes available, a lot of times it's rolled straight into the clouds. And now you don't have to think about it. You don't have to go out and do the research on it. Which one is best? You don't have to go procure hardware or software and then wait for it to come in and set everything up. You're able to just go fast. You're able to turn something on, give it a try a lot of times there's even like free tiers so it might not even be at any cost to you and this way you're able to really figure out very very quickly if this is is good for you and your business and help you innovate and go faster
1: yeah I think you know the the, the great thing about sort of this this first one and again this is sort of really foundational to everything we talk about in cloud computing is again um, you know you You allow the cloud computing providers, again, whether you're looking at it as IaaS or PaaS or SaaS, to do a lot of that hard work for you. Figure out how the technology works, how to stabilize it, how to make sure it's there. And you're really then trying to align this new business opportunity you have with being able to grab that technology. So that immediacy thing, you're going to hear us talk about over and over in season one or season two here um, as to, you know, how do we best take advantage of cloud computing? The second one we have is sort of kind of a converse to that. And I call it, you know, sort of the first one was immediately, this one is really about opportunity. It's looking at having access to technology you might not have had previously, right? So yes, we, everybody has had access to compute and storage and networking, some baseline set of applications, maybe it's collaboration or, you know, whatever it might be, but this is sort of immediate access To technologies that you probably didn't necessarily have readily available to you. And that could be data analytics. It could be machine learning. It could be access to locations of the world and and proximity of locations um, that you never had before. So if you want to be able to put some things out into um, other places like Asia or Europe or South America that might have been really difficult to do, you didn't have a data center, you now have that opportunity to do that and align it to your business. So, you know, it's it's really, you're going to hear again over and over throughout this season and throughout this first one is, you know, the ability to get access to things that you didn't have before and really knocking down the friction and the barrier to entry um, in order for you to be able to start taking advantage of it. Aaron, what's next on the list?
0: The next one really is, if you combine this together, you get this ability to experiment, right? In order to innovate, not every Concept, not every program is going to hit right away. And so what you want to be able to do is experiment. And if you if if something is going to be successful, you want it to be successful quickly to gain a competitive advantage. But the converse of that, as well, is if you if it is going to fail, you want to fail fast, you want to minimize the time and resources you spend on that that concept. And so this idea of the cloud lowering the barrier to entry, reducing the friction, a lot of times the services are on demand. Well, that leads to a lack of capex for many businesses. This idea of opening all of this up and being able to do it as OPEX versus something that could be CapEx and and require a large upfront investment really opens up the potential to innovate and go faster in the business.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and the last one that we have on our, our list, as far as kind of the big kind of framework key points here is, and I mentioned this a little bit in the second one is, is this idea of location independence. So location independence to us means really kind of two things. The first one is, uh, location of where your technology resources have to be, right? And, and this is, um, you know, you don't have to be in close proximity necessarily to where your data centers have to be. Um, you no longer have to own that facility anymore. But, you know, if it makes sense, if where your business is going to be based out of or there's some competitive advantage to being able to be closer to your customers, maybe they're on the East Coast, of the U.S. or the West Coast, they're in Asia, they're in certain parts of Europe, wherever that might be, um, you now have this huge footprint of the cloud providers, again, across IaaS, PaaS, and SaaS to be able to you know start as close to them as possible, which in a lot of cases is really important. It reduces the latency. It just makes a better experience for your customers. But the other part of location independence is, you know as we start to see more and more remote workforces, we begin to see people with skills all around the world, you're no longer sort of bound by this need to, you know, well, I'm in this city, what's the best workers, best engineers, best minds that we can get in our local proximity? You now have access to talent all around the world because, again, you're not bound by physical location of where they're seated or where the technology is based on. So you know, we see companies that are really successful not only take advantage of you know not having to own these assets all around the world or get into countries that they didn't necessarily have business around the world but also taking advantage of skill sets that are much, much more uh, advantageous in places that maybe they aren't necessarily located themselves. So, um, you know, think of location as two different things, but really think of it as, you know, unlocking these barriers to where you can get the best talent, the best technology, and start applying those to business opportunities. Now, Aaron we sort of use those four pieces as a, as a framework to how to think about innovation. But let's let's get this back into reality a little bit. Give us some some data points and some and some things to think about, about how innovations evolved and how cloud computing's kind of right in the middle of that. Yeah, so think of this, uh, say 10, 15, 20 years ago,
0: if there was a startup, right? And And Maybe your business isn't a startup and you're just looking to innovate, but we like to use startups a a lot of times because it's easy for everyone to frame in their heads what that means. Let's say you were a startup and you wanted to go get VC funding and get an idea off the ground. Nearly the entire first round of funding, let's say $50 million, went to buying IT equipment and staffing up IT resources to build out that infrastructure. So the cost and timing of this innovation was extremely steep and slow because you weren't even at a a, a time, this time to value for quite some time because you had to build everything out. You had to make sure everything was working properly. You had to make sure all of the pieces are connected as they should be. And then you handed the infrastructure over to the developers, you you handed it over to your data scientists, you handed over to the folks that were building tools to actually go prove out this project. So there was the huge upfront barrier both in time and cost and that cost not just in the resources themselves, but in people as
1: well. Yeah, no, I think that's a a great point. It's and, and to your point of, like, we use a, a startup as an example of this, I mean, this could just as easily be, you know, when you hear us say startup, this could just as easily be a line of business within your organization. It could be, you know, just a group within your company. So when you hear startup, you know, don't don't necessarily take that as like, well, we're not a startup. That's not applicable. Um, you know, that same concept of, you know, we have something brand new. Uh, we're not sure of the market. We're not sure of the viability of the product, uh, but we need to get started, Um you know, you're not necessarily going to have sort of internal VC funding right like you may have different ways of procuring so don't don't get too hung up on that. you know the next thing I like to think about is you know for in that same sort of time frame you've had but even just in the last 10 years is, is cloud computing, this idea of I want to get access to resources outside of our own corporate data center, our own corporate IT team, you know, we, For a while, we used to see this concept or we hear this concept called shadow IT, or this idea that groups would say, well, if I can get to the internet, I can start using these different services, right? I don't have to wait for my IT team to necessarily set it up and, and build the skills and buy all the equipment and budget it and plan it and all that stuff what we've seen really happen as cloud computing again across all different layers of it has become more and more mainstream it's considered to be secure it's considered to be highly available enough and reliable enough is that you know we're seeing more and more companies are okay with this idea that lines of business can control their own destiny that different groups whether it's marketing or research or product development or finance or whatever can just go acquire the best technologies that they need and not necessarily have to be bound by sort of the gatekeeper tech you know capabilities of of central IT. Now that doesn't mean that central IT's completely gone, but you know this is another area where you know we're seeing more and more sort of distributed nature of decision making, choosing technologies and being able to you know start working on business problems and not having to go through these centralized groups that may not have enough resources to kind of keep you up to speed and everything. So we're going to dive into this more later in another um, another episode as we talk about cloud architectures and skills and stuff. But, you know, just keep in mind that we're seeing more and more flexibility from from different groups within organizations going out and taking advantage of the cloud. Yep. And, and think of this as kind of the last point. W- what are we really doing
0: when we're trying to innovate? Well, we are taking, uh, we're placing a bet. We're taking a certain amount of, of capital and resources, and we're trying to go find market fit and through this innovation it's basically how quickly can you get to something like that how how can i both minimize that upfront bet and how quickly can i find that market fit so there's a you know a time aspect to all of this and there is a money and finances aspect to all of this and innovation is really all about a feedback loop how quickly can you, as part of your business, get that immediate feedback of what works, what doesn't work? Uh, maybe you're going out and, and testing it in a small market with a small subset of customers and you're trying to iterate and refocus and pivot and do all of the things that are necessary until you, f- you feel like you've found that market fit for the innovation. And then it's time to kind of really put a bunch of resources and time and effort into that so that you can go quickly from there. So so this is all about minimizing that barrier to entry, reducing the friction up front.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, I'll throw a couple last sort of just tips and tricks, if you will, to think about, um, you know, as, as you're going, okay, we're going to try and do this innovation. Maybe we're going to allow some teams some flexibility, but maybe what are some low-hanging fruit things that you can try out that are going to help you in that kind of modeling of innovation, right? Like you don't necessarily have to say, okay, we can only start if we have a really big idea, but how do we start modeling an innovative culture uh, within your organization? A couple of things that, that we've seen be really successful. Um, the first is, you know, don't just take your current process of what you do in IT to the cloud. Really kind of think about experimenting with new processes that aren't currently used by your IT organization, right? Um, maybe how do you do self-service? How do we think about you know, purchasing in different ways so that we're not buying long-term contracts? Like, how do you start to build up some muscles thinking about on-demand and, and spot pricing and so forth? Um, the second one is you know, try new hardware, and so you, can, you, you have the ability now to try new hardware and software without making huge upfront commitments, right? Aaron talked about sort of the difference between capital expenditures and and opex, but it's also, you know, well, what happens if we take that data science application and accelerate it with a GPU? Like what happens if I we begin to try out this other database that we don't necessarily have, uh, you know, official in our organization? You can try out those things, right? And you may only try them for a week or a month or a couple, you know, short period of time. You've got some flexibility to do that. And then the last one that we see quite a bit that, that really can accelerate some things, not so much just pure innovation, but allowing you to shift resources and focus from things that you kind of want to get out of to things you want to do more, is start looking at some of these SaaS applications that allow you to take you know kind of common back office things that today you're putting a lot of resources into maintaining. It could be email or an ERP system or CRM or whatever that might be, uh, HCM and start looking at SaaS applications that can help offload that, right? You'll find that, you know, while it may not be a pure cost savings uh, transition from one to the other, you may be be able to take some of your really valuable resources, your creative resources, and start applying them to really new ideas and so forth. So, um, Aaron, I think we we covered a lot of things. I think, you know, again, you're gonna hear this throughout all the sessions, um, all the episodes this season, is these frameworks. How do we think about these things? Because as a business leader, there's never one way of doing things, but it's really helpful to have some frameworks, and we try and give you, you know, four to six framework points in all of these episodes to think about the different aspects of it. So, Aaron, you want to kind of wrap up uh, episode uh, episode one here and kind of frame up what we're going to do talk about in the next episode? Yes, absolutely. So, we
0: really hope you can see how innovation matters to your business, and on the next show, we're going to be talking about how cloud can help with cost reduction. Thank you for listening to Cloudcast Basics. You can find all the show details at
1: cloudcastbasics.net or in your favorite podcast player.